0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Blog Talk Radio. Real
1: Sporting guy. The game. the game is ridiculous. it's the people's radio, right it's all the in your headphones, allow me to introduce the illustrious, sweet man, who? Mark the game changer, the seventh, Jackson,
2: The will, the ill, executive, He's like
1: he's like should night without the anger management
2: issues. Phil P, the sports, P A D. This dude is coming at like you from all angles. He's got he's got all the bases covered. Uh, there's not a whole lot about sports this brother. Don't know. Can you
0: dig it, nigga, sucker?
1: Featuring Ray, 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 Ray.
0: Justin Pay. Eric and Hamlet. RC is like. Woo. Now I I blame it on Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: definitely a gin party around here. Definitely a gin party. Don't
1: bring any Kool-Aid. It don't get no better than this, baby.
0: I want winners. You guys act like this. Pick it up a little bit, okay? Get your chin up. Smile.
1: I can be peace. Don't get no more
2: realer. Welcome to another edition of Hustle and Flows. Real Sports Guys, spin off. Part of Real Sports Guys, the RSG Networks. Mark the game changer in the house. When my man say cool. We're going to talk a little sports, talk a little hip-hop. Again, as we always say, you could have been anywhere in the world this evening, but you're here with us, and we appreciate your patronage. Um, another edition of Hustle & Flows on deck. Uh, Hustle & Flows, we talk sports, we talk music, we talk politics, culture, and everything in between. Uh, me and my man, say cool. Stay cool.
3: How you doing tonight, brother? Hey, man. Uh, I can't complain. I'm uh, I'm in good spirits. I'm catching my breath in between these uh the, the the West Coast finals and the uh and the finals. Uh got a lot of music that's come out in the last six months. Um, all things considered this is this is a pretty good May. Looking forward to see what the summer of sixteen has in store.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I don't I don't have a reason to be looking for revenge uh, as Aubrey is, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh <laughs> I am excited about the summer of sixteen. Uh, so that's what we have in store for you tonight We're going to talk NBA playoffs First part of the show And then Cool and I are going to get into Our, our halftime, mid-year Kind of uh, prime picks So to speak Some albums and some projects um, That we've enjoyed Some albums and projects that maybe Are not on your radar Some albums and projects that maybe You know, kind of From, from artists that we expected a little bit more from That kind of un- underwhelmed us a little bit we just kind of going to be across the board, but really kind of giving you a quick and dirty recap of uh, the first half of the year of 2016 from a musical standpoint. So, with no further ado, let's get this going. NBA Do playoffs, it. um, man, yeah. it's been it's been an exciting playoffs. It's been one of the more fun playoffs um, in recent memory. Um, with the Western Conference. Uh, finals finally wrapping up yesterday with a, a a great game seven. Um, the Eastern Conference Finals wrapped up last week, or yeah, earlier last week, uh, with Cleveland finally dispatching of the Toronto Raptors uh, with with Drake on hand to watch.
3: <laughs> front row seat, front row seat, just front like he seat. likes it. best
2: seat in the house. <laughs> yes sir, yeah. yes sir. So let's just start. In the East, because I think that'll be the quickest conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get that out of the way. How things
2: went in the East, and what do you, you know? Where, is it, what is your perception of the two teams as they go forward? Um, the Toronto Raptors,
3: and, and then you know the Cleveland Cavaliers, who will still be able to continue to play. Yeah, I mean, this was, um, I mean, it was a done deal. Even those those two games in Toronto were interesting, but never i never wavered right i i think this these playoffs have been much to me much the way uh, I, I guess hip hop is where the east i pretty pretty well i'm i'm pretty well versed i'm pretty comfortable what i think is going to happen happens but the west i i find myself uh routinely uh being educated about the west so uh yeah i mean the east the the Cavs just really kind of they're, they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, they look bad. They look frightening now. They look like that team that I thought they would be when um, when LeBron made the decision to come back, and you know, you know he had Kyrie then, and you thought Love was a done deal. I was like, man, that's that's a crazy um, you know a trio right there. And then you add kind of all these pieces, so they're kind of flexing their muscle. They look. Um, they look like the world beaters that we thought they were. They are who we, we thought they were. Um, and, um, you know, so they dispatched Toronto pretty easily. Toronto, I think, uh, the same. I mean, they were really good, but not great all year. And um, they, uh, I think they're an overachieving team. I think that's, you know, Casey is a good coach, but he's not someone who I'm willing to, you know, bet. My last dollar, he has the scheme that's going to get so-and-so open. You know, I've rarely looked at a Toronto Raptors game and been like, wow. I mean, they really drew up some marvelous stuff to, you know, for for, the, for this game. Um, but he's good. He's solid. Gets him to play, all that good stuff. But uh, DeRozan is a flawed shooting guard. I mean, you're a shooting guard who can't shoot. You better be Russell Westbrook, the kind of athletic. Otherwise, it's a done deal. And Lowry is um you know, good but it's it's hard for him to kind of really he's not built for the playoffs in my in my view. And then after that it's just uh, you know, it's grit <laughs> that's carried that team. So, you know, when it came down to talent, I didn't think they really had it. You know, from here, I don't know what they do. I'm I'm afraid uh their GM's gonna call up Phil and, and fleece us for the third time. So I'm just praying that uh We don't get into any kind of sign-and-trade, the Knicks, that is, get into any kind of sign-and-trade with, like, Masai, whatever his last name is. I hate that dude. So I really actually hope they just stay where they are. They already got our draft pick. Enjoy that. Have fun. Get some young gun and then make a go at it pretty much um, with the same team. I think they're going to keep DeRozan. I think they're just going to pay that man.
2: Yeah, I think they're in a situation where they kind of got to run it back. Um, I don't -hmm. think there's a whole lot of room for for them to maneuver. Um, I don't really see a great market for DeRozan. Uh, I think most smart teams will kind of stay away from him. I think your assessment was on you got a shooting guard who isn't really much of a shooter. um, which In today's NBA, it's like the 250-pound battering ram running back, you know what I mean, who can't catch passes. In the NFL, you know, it's just like that was hot, you know, you know, ten years ago, you know, as my man Currency said, you know, the, the Lex bubble, you know, that was hot ten years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I think we're cool on that today. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh the the Rosen, you know, it, that Toronto team, I I don't, I can't see a team being able to feast and, and be successful living on just two point baskets. And I don't think they generate yeah. enough from beyond the arc. And, you know, OKC kind of fell victim to that last night. Like, you can keep shooting these twos, but um, three is more than two.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't care what culture you were indoctrinated, indoctrinated in. Three is always more than two. Math is universal. And three has yeah. always been more than two. So um, I just – I think they got to figure out how to find, add some shooting. Um You know, and then I think they can become a different type of a team if they do figure out how to add some shooting because then the things that DeRozan and Lowry do as far as getting to the basket and getting in the lane and making some of those mid-range shots become a little bit easier for them. And then maybe they can be more efficient. I just feel like those two guys are very efficient throughout the playoffs, and that hurt them. You know, DeRozan drops 31, but he takes 27 shots. I'm not interested yeah. in that really, especially when most of them are contested two-point jump shots of some type of some sort. Um, yeah. So that's the thing that they got to figure out. Either going to be a team that tries to score with the Clevelands and the Golden States and the OKC's, or they're going to become a team that really tries to defend. And they don't really have an identity yet as one of those two things. And not offensively gifted enough to be like we're going to outscore you or go, you know, shot for shot with you. But then they're also, they don't have great defensive chops either. Um, so they're not a team that's like the 0-4 Pistons um, or somebody no. of that nature that's, that's come down and be like, we're going to play a low-possession game and, and try and lock you up. Um, I just don't think they have a sound identity one way or the other. And that's why you get the inconsistency where a different team shows up
3: depending upon which building you're in. So I really think yeah. those guys know where they are yet as a unit.
2: Um, so let me, let me ask
3: you, Oh, yeah. Do you think? Uh, sorry, just on that. You think uh, Lowry, Lowry is the guy. Lowry can be your alpha dog on a championship team. Like, let's say they were to get, man, I don't even know who's, uh, who's out. Let's say they were to get like two great shooters. Um, mm-hmm. do you think that's it? Can you still have Lowry be the guy who's pretty much running that team? I mean, I get. I always, whenever I see Lowry play, I have a feeling like I think he thinks he's Chris Paul. Like I honestly think he thinks like I can do Chris Paul. I can do what Chris Paul does. I can do that, and I don't know if he can. <laughs> you know. So do you think he he's can. that dude? <laughs> nah, he's not that dude. Um, I think the the ceiling
2: for for this like this iteration of players is to be the 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 Mavericks from two thousand ten, right? Where it was like mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff kind of fell their way. Some guys got hurt. They kind of got into the finals, and they somehow won a championship. Like, I think they could be a team. And that's at some point, that has to be your goal, right? It's just to be as good as you can be and hope that some stuff falls your way, um, some people yeah. get hurt, and you, uh, the window opens up for you to sneak into the finals. Um, and that's the best-case scenario for them. They are not going to be a team that if Cleveland is at their best, they will ever beat them. I mean, they're going to fall into that kind of Atlanta Hawks mid-2000 Atlanta Hawks mode, the Josh Smith, Joe Johnson, um, Al Horford, Hawks, where they're good every year. Are
3: you ready for the hate mail from Toronto fans? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Hey, it is what it is, but that's what they're going to become. I mean, and they just got to hope that they get some breaks. You know, they got to hope that they get some breaks. And it's okay. Like, winning 56 games a year is okay. Like, be good with that. Like, enjoy it. You're not the Sixers. Like, ride that out. (laughs) You like go. You know, I think sometimes fan bases get a little too caught up in, can we win a championship? I mean, just have a good team. Just have somebody good. To... I mean, look at the Spurs. The Spurs have never gone back-to-back. They're just in the mix, and they've been in the mix for 15 yeah. years. Like, try and figure that out. Like, just try and do that. You know, be smart with who you pick up, and make smart choices, but try and be good. Like, the bottom-out thing is harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, you know, ask Philly.
0: Yeah. Ask Sacramento.
2: Yeah. Ask Minnesota. <laughs> Some of these teams that have been down there for a long time, um, it's, it's a lot harder than it looks to bottom out and rebuild it from scratch. Um, so if you're good, just try and stay good. And I think that they they have a real feeling. I don't think Lowry is the lead dog. You know, uh, if he's your two, you got a shot. If he's your second best player, you got a shot. But if mm-hmm. he's your one, or if he's one A, mm, mm-hmm. I am I'm not feeling mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that combination. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that's how I feel about them. In Cleveland, I think, I think you're right on. I think they're clicking at the right time, and you're seeing this roster be what you know you thought they were going to be last year. Um, Love is starting to find his rhythm. Um, Ty Lue seems to have been able to kind of manufacture some cohesion. You know, I looked this up the other day. You know, the guy Mozgov has been missing. Like, Tylu is not, not. playing Mazdorf. And I think that's a major switch up um, where you don't see hmm. Mozgov out there anymore. And that was a guy that played a big role on that team last year. And, you know, I was looking, he's got a couple DMPs against Toronto in that series. And maybe there was just the matchups didn't go his way. But throughout the playoffs, he's been a player that they've minimized his role. And I think that's something that goes back to kind of Tylu taking over and kind of phasing him out of the lineup, and kind of leaning on Tristan Thompson more. Um, so that's an interesting kind of dynamic. Um, I think Mozgov would have been a player that would have been useful in OK OKC. I think he now becomes just a body, and I don't think you'll see him at all in this Golden State series. Um,
3: no way. Yeah, but, he can't play against Golden yeah, State. He'll get exposed.
2: Nah, nah, not at all. But they're maxing out. Uh, I think they're getting a lot of love. I think they're getting a, a, a good amount of production out of Kyrie. Um, I think he still has another level up, but they got the, the king chess piece in LeBron, you know. And as long as you got that guy, you got a shot. Um, I mean, as as demonstrated with last year's team, um, I think as they go into the finals, the key is going to be can they defend, and that's where um, that's where I have some questions about about Cleveland is can they defend? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. What were your thoughts on the West, man? The West was just an amazing series. I, 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 this was musty TV. Like, I haven't had, like, appointment coup in a minute. And this was like, <laughs>
3: hey, game on at eight. I ain't trying to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I don't, don't,
0: it
2: yeah.
3: I was thankful that it was late. Yeah, I was thankful it was late because I could get my kids down. Because that was always right. the, the the issue with me. Like, I would literally just sit down and be like, oh, let me see if the game's on. And East Coast game would be Fourth quarter, I'm like, ah, oh, forget it. Right. And it would be, you know, they'd be right. up thirty, but I'd be able to sit down and it was like, okay, and we're a quarter in, I'm in. So, um, I think overall West Coast, it was it was literally a roller coaster. It was twists, turns, up, down, every which way. But at the end, we were right back where we started, which was, you know, we're going in. I was like, Golden State is the better team, not by much, but I think they're better because when it comes down to it. They have the experience. They have smarter players, and they can just shoot themselves out of any situation. I like. I've, I. They're just something I've never. I've never seen a team. <laughs> it's like when the going gets tough, they're like, oh, every other team's like, all right, let's get some stops, let's get some movement. They're like, oh, going gets tough. Let's shoot a lot of three-point shots, <laughs> and it works. Well, let's have <laughs> two people shoot a lot of three-point shots, and it works. I mean. I went in with a lot of respect, respect with the K, I guess, for um, for Clay. But, man, I mean, Steph gets a lot of, of the love, but Clay does stuff that I have never seen before. He shoots shots with no room, people draped on line. He hasn't set. The ball's barely in his hands. And, I mean, these things are nothing but net. And he can do that six straight times after missing six. I mean, he's, it's incredible. And he's still shooting. I was just looking this up on a basketball reference. He, shot, he, has, he has shot 77 three-pointers in the playoffs. The next closest person is J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith has 49. So he is has wow. almost, shot almost 30 more three-pointers than J.R. Smith. And you, you know what Cleveland's been doing. Just go. He's got the green light. And um, he's hit seventy-seven. He's shooting—he's only shot one hundred seventy-two. He's shooting forty-five percent from three. So it's not like he's just throwing them up and he's shooting a terrible percentage. This dude is shooting over forty-four, you know, almost forty-five percent, and he's just jacking them. It's—it's it's crazy. So Clay and and Steph, the shooting dynamic to have that be the strength, the go-to, on a on a in a playoff is just something that I don't think any team is really ready for. No team knows how to defend that. And that's what I think ended up happening in the, uh, in, you know, in the play, in, in the game versus OKC. OKC was like, well, look, we're bigger than them. We're pushing them around. We're not intimidated by them, but it's like, but these guys can shoot their way out of anything. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about that. And uh, at, the end, so at the end of the day, we got back to where I think we started, which is Golden State is better. Um, not by a lot, but they're better.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Golden State, and and, and and I love your analysis of Clay. I think Clay has totally changed like the the perception and narrative around who he is as a player. Um, I think there was a time where uh, we all kind of were like, eh, they got Steph, Draymond's loud, um, and then Clay, you know, and then there's Clay. But you know, I think Clay has definitely established himself as the next guy on that team and he because Steph has been otherworldly at times is the only reason there's not a like 118 type of conversation between mm-hmm. who's better Steph or Clay um and you might be able to argue like Steph is is, is an unbelievable scorer but Clay is the better basketball player when you talk about offense defense being able to do what he does and then go out on the other end and lock somebody down. Um, it's just a different situation with uh, with Clay right now, and I think he's getting a chance to kind of show people. Because last year, you know, he really didn't show that well. You know, he didn't look too tough mm-hmm. in the finals last yeah. year and in the playoffs. And I think uh, this year he's kind of uh, showing himself a little bit better. So mm-hmm. um, and the one who's kind of been a little while is Draymond. Um, the mm-hmm. Cavs series I think will be different Because Dre's going to have some matchups That I think play in his favor um, But that's the other thing with Draymond And that's, that's kind of a litmus test for me of, of whether or not he's like an elite dude Elite dude's a matchup proof Like it don't matter who you put in front of KD He's going to do what he do It don't matter who you put yeah. in front of Russell LeBron, um, guys like that Steph it, it, it just doesn't matter who you put in front of them They're going to produce Um, and they're going to produce at a high level. Now, how how high their high level goes is different, but they're matchup-proof. And I think Draymond in that last series kind of proved himself a little bit bit to be matchup-dependent, just a little bit, where who he was going against mattered a little bit too much for a guy who's supposed to be a leader. I know Devon's going to be mad when he hears this (laughs) in the morning, but so what? You ain't on air tonight.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Stay mad. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah, just be mad, bro. Just be mad. Um, but yeah, this this Golden State team is just yeah the the idea like you know what, just keep shooting, just keep shooting, and that's where the the matchup with Golden State and Cleveland bugs me a little bit. Is because I just don't think if you're gonna get into a shootout with Golden State, man, I just I don't recommend it. <laughs> I just don't recommend yeah. it at all. And that's kind of the style yeah. that Cleveland has been playing. Um, at some point, you got to figure out how to slow these cats down. Because if you just let them go shot for shot, I don't know if you want to do that. I just don't know if you really want to do that. I mean, it's just, you know, ew, I just, I just, that worries me. Like, I don't think Cleveland so, – I so OKC <laughs> had a great matchup, but I don't think Cleveland matches up well.
3: So what? So I'll I'll say this is um, I think OKC really did put the blueprint together for the only realistic shot you have in the playoffs to be Golden State, which is you're you'll you'll never slow them down, you know, because you're gonna miss shots. I mean, unless you are unless you have like a Kareem Abdul Jabbar that's gonna shoot, you know, that's a guaranteed two, which, you know, uh, LeBron is close, but even LeBron can't, you know, do it. You saw last series, like, even he wears down you can't just uh, – you can't try to slow them down. you got to kind of run with them. But the thing that OKC had is, you know, Golden State is – they're loose with the ball. They, they like the free flow. If you actually have three or four athletes that can do the switch, that can just bother, that can get in passing lanes, and that can just bother Golden State, you can rattle them. I mean, it, the only thing that kept OKC from being where they were is that when it came down to critical moments, they didn't have as much as I love KD. I'm at UT, you know, I love KD. Crunch time when it when they needed a basket, when they needed to stop a run, he could not do it. And LeBron can be that dude. Like when when if they're up seven and it's three minutes to go in in in, in a, you know in a final game, like a game six and they're at home trying to you know prevent going back home. LeBron's going to call timeout. He's not even going to wait for the coach.
0: He's going to go <laughs>
3: bring, the, bring the cast together and say, hey, look, here. Y'all going to give me the ball five straight times. I'm going to score or get fouled five straight times. And that's going to be the end of this run. And KD tried to do that, but he doesn't know all... He doesn't have all of the tricks, and he just also doesn't have the brute force physical specimen that LeBron is to play that bully ball in the playoffs. So I think they could blend – I think they could take OKC's game plan, which is just fly around, attack with athletes and talent, except when it gets tight and it gets to the end of the game, you got LeBron. You got that dude that you can throw the ball in and will guarantee you points. And so that, to me, is the recipe. If they do that, they might have a shot. they try to slow it down, I think they're done. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I was kind of walking through that 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 type of scenario with PhD early over tech. And the thing that, you know, the thing that I think is different with OKC that people have to understand is OKC had potentially three guys who were 6'10 or taller on the floor. And two of those guys, Ibaka and Durant, moved like wing wing players. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that causes – then you add in Roberson, who has, you know, pterodactyl wings for arms. You know, and and then a guy (laughs) like Russell who's just really explosive and and gambles and takes chances and and plays passing lanes really well. And so that caused Golden State problems that I don't think a lot of teams can replicate that. Like, I don't think anybody else (laughs) can replicate damn near three, seven-footers on the floor. And eventually, especially in the last game, Golden State kind of figured out how to get the matchup that they wanted. In that fourth quarter, you you saw Steph, getting a couple guys to play hockey out there, um, putting them on stage. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. They run a little
2: action and get him with Adams, and it was just like, this ain't going to go well. They get him with Ibaka, and it's like, yeah, this is not going to go well. Um, A big key to what OKC did was they switched everything. Um, Anything involving Steph and Clay, they just swapped it. Um, Mm -hmm. And they could because they had the length, and their length was athletic enough where they could get away with it. Now you have to be really disciplined when you do that, and what you saw in the last three games is that discipline broke down um, from time yeah. to time, and you you saw bad matchups um, or guys getting too much airspace and getting off shots. Now Steph yeah. and Clay hit a lot of shots that just nobody else is going to hit. Like that's just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's just yeah. you got as a as a coach as a player you just live with that. If he's going to shoot that, it's going to go in. We just got we got our hands full tonight. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that worries me about Cleveland is that, you know, outside of LeBron and maybe Shumpert um, and maybe J.R. Smith, they don't really have the – and Tristan. Tristan can do a little bit of that, but they don't really have the athletes to be able to do that in the way that OKC did. And they definitely don't have the guys with the defensive chops. Like, you know, Roberson and Ibaka and Adams, them dudes are there to play defense. That's -hmm. what they're there for. Um, Really – Outside of LeBron, you got Shumpert, and that's really the kind of only defensive-minded guy that they have. You got Delhi who I think Steph is going to lighten mm. his little backside up. <laughs> and I was I, and I was, <laughs> I was going him. back and forth with PAZ about this, and I was saying, you know, I think I think it's I think it's safe to say at this point we can blame Delly for everything that Steph is doing this year. I think the finals <laughs> that Steph had last year, where Matt Delavadova you know, get my Stephen A on, Matt Delanova, <laughs>
0: you
2: know, was What's able to stop? slow down Steph Curry, yeah. I think that put yeah. Steph in the lab and Steph was like, you know, if this dude can stop me, I got some, I got another level I need to go. And I think that's what yeah. we're seeing this year. And I think Steph, he, in his little weight room, his workout area, I think he has a picture of Delanova's face. Like, <laughs> I'm coming for you, <laughs> Delanova. I don't think I don't think Dudley's gonna win any battles against Steph this year. I think Steph is gonna put that cat in his place. Um, just off GP, he's gonna to have to put yeah. that cat in his place this year and be like, "Nah, dog, this is something different." Um, but I just don't think that they have the guys who are disciplined enough with the mental. Because that's the thing with the Cavs that I've. There's defensively, there's mental lapses, and Draymond during the regular season really. Um, he really had some great games against Golden, Mm -hmm. uh, against um, Cleveland, and that's because they don't have a matchup for Draymond. Um, Like, they don't have, like, love Draymond is not going to go well for Cleveland. That particular matchup is just not going to go well for them. Um, Tristan, Draymond, then that pulls their shot block away from the basket, which they got no rim protection, which, you know, you're going to have guys like Steph and Clay kind of just, Run into the run into the bathroom when they want. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and then Kyrie, he's got to figure out. I mean, who are they gonna put him on? Are they gonna put him on Steph and try and do that, or are they gonna try and put Shumpert? And then that means Kyrie gotten Clay, and I don't know if I want that either. Um. So you know, when two of your main guys that you're counting on are really, really not locked in, and they're not necessarily bad. Love is kind of love is below average, and Kyrie can be below average. He just doesn't engage mm-hmm. all the time. Um, that I think that, that that doesn't feel good to me if I'm a Cleveland fan, knowing that those two guys, the two guys were counting on offensively, but defensively they're not going to hold their ground, whereas I think Durant and Westbrook were at least going to hold their own on the defensive end and put up some form yeah. of resistance, and they were athletic enough to kind of play into that scheme that Billy Donovan kind of had them running. Outside yeah. of LeBron, I just don't see Cleveland being able to do it. But at the end of the day, they still got LeBron, which again, as long yeah. as you got that guy, you got a shot. So, you know, yeah. Yep.
0: <clears throat> uh,
3: that's and, why and some I'm, of the guys
2: they got away. Go ahead.
3: No, I was gonna say uh, the 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 one thing I you talked about uh, uh, Steph having Delvadova's, uh face on, on, on in the, in the training room. I think Kyrie's had Steph's face on everything. I think Kyrie is like cause, <laughs> I remember game one, like before Kyrie went down, he was giving Steph all he could handle. <laughs> he was like, oh, this, this is fun. You know, I, you can chew better than me, but you want to talk about putting people on skates. Kyrie can do that. And Kyrie can draw a lot of fouls. And Kyrie can start putting people on the bench. And Kyrie can he can hit 50. I think he is going – if he is – if Tyrone Lou earns his money – He's gonna light a fire under Kyrie Irving to be the two way player to you know just be decent on defense and be Westbrook you know so you know not Westbrook's not really good on defense he just gambles a lot and you know occasionally it works be be at least present and and scrambling and hustling that's all we need we, you're not gonna stop nobody but on offense man can you punish this dude please can you punish all of them and he can in a way that I that <clears throat> I think um that with LeBron and love and some other guys that can shoot is more than what um OKC could put out on the floor. So I I hear you. I just think man, Kyrie's going to be the key to this thing. If he is dialed in, ooh
2: Man, I'm I'm giddy thinking about it, man. I am. I'm like I'm like that
0: yes, yes.
2: <laughs> like I hope it goes that way, man. I hope like you have like three dudes three different guys drop fifty in this series, man. And I think they're there are like six guys capable of doing that.
0: You know. <laughs> exactly. And
2: I'm excited about J.R. Like, Smith. We're gonna have Right, right. Like you're gonna have guys who can just go off um and just be liked out offensively and i and you got both teams at full strength. Both teams have, you know, just strong rosters. It's plum branded, man. I'm just so excited about the playoffs, man. I'm just so excited about the finals. But I hear what you're saying. Like, I think that's the one thing that you can do with Steph is that you can just go right back at him. Um, yeah. But I think again, I think that's where I think I think that's what Golden State is designed to prevent. Like they're gonna put Steph on either Delhi or Shump or Jr. Yeah. They, they he won't be guarded. They'll have they'll have uh Barnes or Iggy on LeBron and then they're gonna put Clay on uh Kyrie. Kyrie and then they'll yeah. have Draymond or whoever needs to cover Irvin uh uh Draymond cover Love. Um yeah. and then they'll run it that way so that but that's the one thing that I think you can do with Steph is just you can go at him if you have enough firepower. And that's where J.R. Smith becomes really important because if J.R. has mm-hmm. a Jr. Is, is good J.R., you know, um, he can go at Steph. You know, he's a player mm-hmm. who can go at Steph and, and cause some problems and cause some issues, um, and you can't hide. Then you can't hide Steph, and then he's not able to conserve energy. Um, you know, because that's just one of those kind of old playground maxims is that you know mm-hmm. you, you got to make shooters work because the legs don't you know the legs ain't the same in the fourth <laughs> quarter
0: you know <laughs> exactly you're making them
2: work but if you let a shooter chill you know you're gonna have a problem on your hands late in the game you know so you got to make them work so you're listening to Hustle and Flows with Marcus and Sekou we're gonna make our predictions real quick and then we're gonna take a quick break so you know how do you see this uh this play out uh, this finals playing out this year
3: so um i my, i can't go against golden state i i feel like i'm it's it's theirs to lose i feel like um i don't think it'll be short i think it's going to go six or seven if i you know gun in my head i'd say six i say six i don't think it'll go seven just because if Golden State figures it out, they're gonna figure it out early and they're just gonna run away with it. Um and if it's not six, then I think Cleveland might win it. So my heart is with Cleveland. I actually want Cleveland to win, but uh I think Golden State's got this in the bag. All right. I'm with you. I'm
2: taking the Warriors, but I'm taking them in five. I think they go I think they're gonna make quick work of the Cavs. I think they're gonna make quick work. I think I actually think having love back in the mix is going to hurt the Cavs because he's such a liability defensively, and I think they're better when they can play a couple other defensive guys against the Warriors. Against most teams, love ain't going to hurt you out there because most teams don't have that level of firepower, but him trying to guard a pick and roll, he's going to get switched on Steph, or he's going to get switched on Clay, and it's just going to be showtime. <laughs> he might be right. able well put
3: on a clown suit. <laughs> <laughs> Five. If, if it goes yeah, five, I got LeBron five. leaving. <laughs> if LeBron leaving right? the lose losing five, he might as well quit. If they can only win one yeah. game. What, what are you? What are you doing? Hey,
2: hey. I think they're only gonna get five. Man. I think he's got to ride it out. I mean, that's the other thing. KD, stay home, man. Stay in OKC. Yeah, ain't no, every any other move outside of uh, any other Mix. move anywhere is lateral. But at best, he's Mix. moving in a lateral direction. He's not gonna have a top five teammate. Unless he goes,
3: he's not going to the Knicks, brother. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I, he, if you say it, this is it's the secret. You just gotta believe it gotta and make it, it happen. There. Yeah,
0: hey,
3: man. Hey, Joel Embiid wants it to happen. He's trying to get him to the Sixers. <laughs> Joel Embiid. I'll say, I'm already sick of the KD free agency rumor mill. I know. I, I, I was sick of it after I an hour. I was like, he's gonna sign back. Come on, he's not a fool. He signs a two-year with the opt-out after one, and then we'll see next year. Come back next year. We'll see. Right. Right. And the the speculation
2: to me is just ridiculous. And I just – like, it's just like we got to – I mean, I know there's not a game tonight and there's nothing else to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about baseball in, in, in May and June. But do we have to do this? Like, do we have to? And we do. I mean, yeah, I got sick of it real fast real fast. Is he not yeah. going anywhere? I mean, there's like two or three places that are even worth even looking at. San Antonio, have a conversation with Golden State, sit down with Miami. And and then you're going to sign
3: back with OKC Yeah. Like there's yep. no other
2: places where his situation improves.
3: His contract's going to so. be crazy next year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The next yeah. contract he signs is going to be crazy and that's Rock Nation. Hey, it's going to be dumb money, but that's great. <laughs>
2: So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're going to hit you up with our halftime uh, hip-hop favorites for the first half of
1: 2016. Uh. Uh. I love it, though. I love it, though. <laughs> you know? Uh. Put your hands to the constellations. The way you look should be a sin. You my sensation. I know I'm preaching to the congregation. We love Jesus, but you done learned a lot from Satan. I mean, and mean, I did a lot of waiting. We ain't married, but tonight I need some consummation. May the Lord forgive us, may the God be with us, in that magic hour, I've seen good Christians make brass decisions, oh she do it, what happens to religion, oh she lose it, she putting on her makeup, she casually a lord, text message breakup. the casualty is told, how she don't wake up, and not love me no more, I thought I was that... I guess it's rubbing off, hood phenomenon, the LaVonna rhyme. Hard to be humble when you're strutting on a jumbotron. I'm looking at her like, this what you really want huh? Why well, we arguing anyway? Oh, I forgot, it's summertime. Put your hands to the constellations. The way you look should be a sin. You my sensation. I know I'm preaching to the congregation. We love Jesus, but she done learned a lot from Satan. <laughs> Satan, Satan, Satan. i mean, you did a lot of ways. We ain't married, but tonight I need some consummation. When the sun goes down, it's the magic hour. It's the magic hour. And out of all the colors that'll fill up the skies, you got green on your mind. I can see it in your eyes. Why you standing there with your face screwed up? Don't leave while you're hot, just have screwed up. Someone something around the whole place screwed up. Maybe I should.
2: Welcome back to Hustle & Flows with Sekou and Marcus. Uh, we're going to get into our halftime favorites right now. Um, you know, Sekou does his end of the year. We're going to kind of do a halfway check-in. Um, a lot of good hip-hop has come out. A lot of good music in general has come out over this first half of 2016. So we're going to give you some, some, some picks um, that we like, um, some things that we didn't like, and, and some things that you might want to check out that maybe are not on your radar. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in cool uh, Let's start out with some under the radar joints What are some joints that are under the radar um, That maybe People aren't as hip to um, Aren't kind of mainstream Artists that are really Quality joints That you would recommend to folks out there
3: um, Well okay so Yeah I, so I, I thought about This under the radar I guess if I look at the sales there's a lot of people under the radar um even though i think they're um they are uh, accomplished artists but um my favorite album in 2016 thus far is Layers by Royce 59 and um you know it was it i think it actually reached like top 10 billboard the first week it came out it came out in uh, i think it was april but it sold like thirty-eight thousand copies, which, you know, in 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 the in these days, that's that's nothing. Maybe you know, in the 90s, that would be something. So it wasn't a big number, but it it was good. That album is uh, it's amazing. It's just, uh, um, it's lyrical. It's dark. It's witty. It's introspective. It's it's all the best things about Royce. I mean, it might be his like blueprint kind of thing, like that album that he he finally pulls together kind of the right mix of everything and just pulls a, an album together that's just really really good, I mean there's a lot um, of tracks on there um, the opening track is just him talking about um, a day in his life, you know, kind of uh, telling a story about the day that he met Eminem, which is also the same day that his son was born which is also the same day that his grandmother passed away and he just tells the story. I mean, painting pictures, you could see everything, and it's ama- and it's just amazing. I was like, is that real? Like, I had to, like, Google it after. I was like, did this all happen on one day? It's like, it was all true story. And um, the rest of it is just kind of his his take on a lot of different things, social commentary, the whole deal. So Layers is my favorite thus far.
2: All right. All right. Um for my for my under under the radar kind of a pick um I, I actually went with another Detroit rapper um and that's Elzai. Mm. Um mm. Elzai uh came back with Lead Poison. Um and uh Elzai hasn't dropped an album since uh his 2011 remake of Nas's El- Illmatic. Uh, oh wow. Illmatic. Um yeah. it's been a minute. Like I I I I kind of was like wow like I, I mean, I thought that maybe he was doing stuff, and I just wasn't catching it. But this is actually yeah. the first thing that he's done in a long time, and you know, this came out um, in April, um, and you know, I I saw it, it popped up on my Spotify. Um, I immediately started listening to it, and I mean, soulful, soulful beats. Um, the beats are kind of my 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 vibe of beat. Um, just sample a sample heavy product sample heavy production um and then Elzai just doing his thing um sharp lyrics great imagery cleverness um this is kind of what I would hope Lupe Fiasco would kind of kept doing um for a mm-hmm. little bit and mm-hmm. uh where there's, there's 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 lyrical concepts you know he has one one joint where he talks about his relationships different relationships with women using the, the prefix "miss" kind of all throughout, you know how Elzai does man, where he just plays Mm -hmm. the thing, Um, you know, so he kind of, he does his thing um, and he's super, it's super lyrical, but not like, you know, you know, wordy lyrical, but just he's on point. Um, And the beats create a great vibe and a great kind of soundscape for him to kind of do what he does. Um, So this has been one that I've enjoyed. Um, It's been on repeat. Um, is when I played over and over and over. It has some songs that I really dig. Like I have this uh, this kind of a, a playlist of songs that I've been accumulating since college. And it started out as a tape, and then it turned into a CD. And when I was when I was an athlete, when I played, I would listen to this particular CD before. It was like my pregame CD. Um, and it, this mm-hmm. has a couple of songs that are now now the mix is like 300 songs long. Right, so what I've done over time is like when there's when there are songs that I that I feel like fit that vibe of of that kind of mix, I just kind of keep adding. So over over, you know, I graduated from college 2003. So in the 13 years since then, I it's kind of gone from a 16 um, track CD to um, a 300 song playlist over over that span. And there are a couple of songs on this one that immediately kind of and then the songs that i add always have a certain type of vibe where they're introspective but they also have a certain type of aggressive energy to them um so he he created that kind of music and 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 i just i love that um so that's one um under the radar pick that i i really uh recommend folks out there um is just checking it out it's 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 just good hip-hop music it really is i mean I, i don't have there's not a lot of fluffy ways to describe it. It's just some good hip hop music, sample based production, great rhymes. Um, you know. So who's the, uh, who's, uh, of...
3: the who's the who's who's doing the production on it? Well, he's got a couple of cats yeah.
2: who are doing work on it. Um, some cats that I'm not I'm not super familiar with. Um, Fourteen Carat, um, Nick Speed, uh, a cat named uh, uh, Self. Um, so some guys that I'm not really familiar with their work, but I'm enjoy I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, and the sound and they kind of let it be a little dirty. You know, the sound is kind of a little dirty. Um, it's not super pristine, but it fits. It fits. And, and obviously Elzai makes it work really well. So,
0: yeah.
2: uh, that's one I really like. Um, layers I also like a lot too. That's one that I was really, um, Really feeling Royce is always one of my faves. Um, I really enjoy Royce a ton, but I uh, really brought it on this one.
3: So, so here's here's a one. Well, maybe we can talk about this with the next with the next person because there's a lot of people who I just aren't. You know, <laughs> the music industry is at an interesting spot in my view, in that it's it's gotten more uh, disaggregated. In a way that I didn't expect, you know, so albums and it was about the album. It's like, oh, now it's going to be samples, but now it's mixtapes and videos and touring and people are getting revenue streams all kind of ways. And you have popular, quote unquote, popular people with no album, no label and just but still aren't unheralded. Right. So I thought about Chance the Rapper here because, you know, so he he dropped the mixtape coloring book. It's like a mixtape, but it's really an album. But he's calling it a mixtape, and you know Chance the Rapper is a different guy, definitely built a different way. But I don't think he's uh, under the radar. He's like all over the radar, <laughs> you know. What I'm saying even though he's technically an independent rapper, so where do you put someone like Chance the Rapper?
2: Yeah, I think he is kind of sitting in that. He's kind of sitting in that weird space where I think like. Kendrick and J. Cole were maybe like five years ago. You know what I mean? Where they Mm -hmm. are like about to like they're winding up to kick the door in. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. that's where Chance is where he's still kind of slightly under the radar but to those people who are into it we all know who Chance is and Chance is very much firmly planted on our radar. But when I think you start to talk about kind of beyond kind of that 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 head, that hip-hop head crowd um and young kids, like I have a daughter in college. Um, she's a freshman, and she just finished her freshman year. And the college, like the college kids, Chance is their guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, four or five years ago, that guy was Kendrick. That guy was J. Cole, who was the college kids that was their guy. Um, and I think Chance is kind of the voice of, of this younger kind of crew of of college students, seventeen to twenty year old kids who who are out there. Um, but he's got some some big time connections. You know he's got yeah. you know some some major connections with Kanye, um, which yeah. uh, leads to connections with J and B and and that whole kind of conglomerate of people um, that he then gets access to because of the support that he has of you know wider known um, artists. Um, yeah. Did you like the joint? How'd you feel about it?
3: Um, I liked it. I uh, I thought there'd be more rapping from Chance the Rapper. I thought he would rap a little more on on the mixtape. It's <laughs> a whole lot of him singing. And he's, he's a, a gifted songwriter, so I can't really uh, fault him for that. But uh, it almost doesn't feel like a hip-hop album. It feels like, uh, uh, I, I don't know what I'd call it, something like Erykah Badu would put out. <laughs> you know, like dope, yeah. but uh, is this rap? I, I don't think so. So, um, so it's good. I like it, but it's like playing in the background. I can chill with it, but I'm, um, you have to listen. It's, it's telling stories. It's, it's good quality. It's good content. I can see why a lot of people like it who are, who are all over the spectrum. But, um, I was expecting a little more. Um, I was expecting them to go in a little more, but I I respect the the art, the craft.
2: (laughs) Right right and I'm still waiting on that album from him. I'm waiting on that album from him where he like flexes a little bit lyrically, you know what i mean where he where he kind of like really kind of lets loose um but i did it I did like this album. it's different, and I feel like and this may be just kind of a thing that's happening right now like I've noticed that it, it's it's a little bit it's all right to be kind of a a a gospel-y, i don't want to say christian. But kind of having a, a different kind of a vibe, like a, a gospely kind of vibe to your to your style. I mean, you got him guys like D1 and Lecrae and Chance the Rapper, who are kind of embracing that like that 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 idea that they're Christian rappers. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, Chance has a very gospely vibe to this particular project, which I thought was interesting because when we get to talk about ones that were underwhelming. Um, I felt like somebody else tried to do something like that and I didn't it didn't really come off the way that I thought it just didn't meet my expectations. Um mm-hmm. but uh but I kind of like I kind of like that and I kind of like that, you know, it, it, cuz in the past I haven't really vibed with that. Um and it's just like personal philosophy. Um mm-hmm. I haven't really felt great about just like, you know, kind of rappers being too like I don't know out there with the Christian rap type of deal, and it just 'cause it just never has been good rap, um but I feel like this was, <laughs> this was this was good music at least um I, like you said, I wouldn't necessarily say he was he was doing a whole lot of rapping, but it was good music, there was a vibe to to the album, it was a cohesive vibe that you can get going through. He was telling stories, he's a good songwriter, so I enjoyed the project as a whole but i I just think that that's an interesting thing that I think a lot of and the fact that he is so hot right now. And there are a lot of people yeah. who are kind of into him and that he's kind of taken that, that path and that course sonically I think is really, really interesting to me because I, I'd say 10 years ago that would have been a hard trick to pull off. Um, oh, yeah. Five years ago, and they can I think that, think that
3: would have been a hard trick and to pull they can, off. I think they can thank yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rizzy Drake for making right? that, uh, that open up people's minds. Like, oh, you can kind of – be emotional And you know Be not conscious But be introspective Be emo But also be conscious And so uh, Making that Like Drake didn't invent that Obviously But making that Popular So that someone Like you can be on SNL And you can be on Late night You know Doing that kind of music I mean that just Never happened I mean you never saw Most deaf Or Talib Kweli Or like the Tonight Show <laughs> You know what I'm saying right. it was just Not something that happened. So, um, yeah, listening to Chance's album reminded me of Anderson Pack's album, which I loved. But, you know, Anderson Pack, I knew he was going to sing. And so I was expecting him to sing and rap a little bit. This was (laughs) the same amount of rapping and singing. and I was like, wait a minute, is he R&B, dude? But I think that's being blurred. And so now you can kind of be both. And God bless him, he's talented at both. So I'd rather hear him sing than Wayne sing or Kanye sing. So um, I'm all for guys singing that actually can sing on albums. So there you go. Singer singing. How about that? Yeah, there we go. There we go. So
2: another kind of under-the-radar guy that I want to give some shine to is actually a kid from here in Madison, um, a kid named Trappo. And his name does not even kind of – you hear Trappo and you think, okay, this is some trap type stuff. And it's not, though. (laughs) Um, And he he very much kind of falls into that vein of – of uh chance and you know his 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 the beats that he chooses and his ear for beats is really interesting. Um he's got a nice cadence, nice rhythm to his voice, um he raps well. Um and he, he does some different things vocally, incorporates a little bit of singing but not as much as a chance or a Drake guys of that nature, but he does incorporate that into it, and, and he's developing as a songwriter, he's a, and uh, I kind of like what he's doing. And he, and he may be, and he, you can check him out on Spotify. He has an EP. Um, it's called She's Gone. Um, check it out. Trapo. Um Came out in March. Trapo T-R-A-P-O. Um, it's pretty solid, pretty solid. Um, the kid just graduated from high school, um, so he just finished up high school and you know he he's he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to do it and he's trying to do it the right way um and i appreciate that and he makes good music and you know um it's a Kid actually i've known for a long time and i and i he and i had lost kind of touch and then you know i kind of reconnected with him and he was like yeah i'm doing this um and so he sent me some stuff and i was like you know i was checking it out and i was kind of like oh i see what he's doing you know he's a good kid let me check out what he's got going on and i was actually yeah. like yo I like your music. <laughs> like you not surprised. even friends. You like, I like me. what you're doing, man. <laughs> like I was like, I actually like what you're doing. Like I like your music. That's that's what's
0: up. <laughs>
2: so um so yeah so Trappo, um, he's on Spotify. You can you can catch him there. He's on Sound SoundCloud. Um you can catch him there as well. Um so that's another under the radar project that I uh I really dug. Um, mainstream kind of more well-known artists. That's that's what you felt like either they met your expectations or exceeded your expectations, or they underwhelmed you.
3: Um. So I I got three here, and these are all over the map. So, the Drake album is just so disappointing. I <laughs> just I can't mm. begin to comment on the. I, I was amped. I was like, all right you know, we, he just came off the beef. He's going to put something together, you know, that's going to really put him in that upper echelon. He's going to have that Steph Curry last year kind of season where finally all comes together. And you just realize like, Oh, this dude is a monster. And uh, yeah, this album was just more the same. It was the same drink I was used to, you know, a good verse here and there. But for the most part, it was uninspiring. And I don't know if he has a list of the people he wants to emo that should never be emo so Wu-Tang. I remember when he did It's Yours, a part of me died inside when he yeah. did that. Yeah. Yeah. And on this one he did DMX. DMX. Yeah. What? No. So yeah. I, I so I'm more <laughs> like okay, is he he has a list obviously. So I'm figuring next is going to be NWA and then right. it'll probably 50. end off with Kooji Rap or something. I, I don't know right. where this is headed, how he's going to sing Ill Street Blues. <laughs> How's <laughs> about some hardcore with just a gentle right. piano? Um, so, no, nah, I, um, I was disappointed. It is, you know, it broke. The sales on this thing was insane. But um, that was disappointing. Um, related to that, who is winning? Who has impressed me? And these aren't even artists. It's these streaming services. These streaming services mm. are winning. Apple Music. Yeah. Winning. Title. Yeah. Winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah. are, when they announced this, I was like, who? Really? They're signing? Oh, okay. You know, because uh, what's his name was on? I mean, um, Chance was on Apple Music, right? Some kind of yeah. pseudo deal. Drake broke every streaming record that ever existed. And then Beyonce and Kanye. Um, I haven't really listened to Beyonce album, but, you know, I had to watch the video with Wifey because, you know, I had to know, I had to make sure, you know, I was safe. I was like, okay, what's what's, hey, what's she talking don't about?
2: don't you here? hate
3: that? Don't you hate that? <laughs> She's riling <laughs> like, up I'm the not I'm not like, involved. Like, we're
2: okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're good. We're
2: really Their good. Their stuff
3: ain't our stuff. <laughs> Their stuff ain't our stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: Don't you know, be looking all over up uh, guys, If it's B got you excited, I know,
3: but um, but the Kanye I think is uh, exceeded my expectations, and I had high expectations. Wow. And the Kanye is, um, I was, uh, I was, it, it met and exceeded. Um, wow. And, and uh, Chance also was all over that thing, and you could tell. Yeah. Chance yeah. was, yeah. I think Chance co-wrote like seven songs on that album. So, and you could tell his, there was something to it that made me feel like, man, this kind of feels a little like a hungry, younger, and that, you know, so he's kind of feeding on the young ones, which is fine. Um, so, the Kanye, and then uh, that was really it. The the Apple, the, the, the streaming services are winning, and I thought Kanye exceeded expectations, and Drake was uh, a disappointment. Wow, wow.
2: Well, I think this is gonna be that show for us, man. At some point we're gonna to have to not agree so much. <laughs> All right.
3: Perfect. Let's do I it. I
2: think this is gonna be that show. So, uh, Drake's I actually liked. Um now it's not on my it's not one of my favorites, it's not on my list, but I actually like Drake's album and I'll tell you why. Um yeah. yes, it's more of the same, but I think like Drake was doing Drake and he did Drake at a high level. Um you know, I think what I've always appreciated, I'm not, I didn't like to, I, I kind of thought the DMX sample was kind of a dig at DMX. DMX hates Drake.
0: <laughs> no. <said> so. oh. <laughs> so I thought Drake
2: uh. was kind
3: of sneak this in
2: a little bit, trying to come at him a little bit. So I, I kind of I kinda took that as, okay, He, I think he did that on purpose. Um, that's just my my take on it. Like, okay, so he's going to go ahead and sample DMX, DMX that, you know, came out and said he didn't like it. Um one thing I have appreciated, though, about Drake is that, you know, w- with this particular project, he definitely tried to tap into his, his kind of pseudo-Caribbean, Toronto roots, right? Yeah. And tried to, like, quite a few of the joints are, like, they're, they're party songs, you know? And this is, to me, this is, like, his his puff, his puff daddy type of uh, a vibe where it's, like, I'm just going to go straight out and, and party it up. And this is, like, that party album, that uh, that he put out, and and I think that's why it did so well numbers wise is because it, it, there are a lot of party jams on it, um, like one dance and I can't not hear that song and not like start to kind of move a little bit like that's that's just one of those songs where when it comes on you gotta kind of kind of gotta get even it I'm and I'm not a dancer by any means but that song you kind of gotta hit the floor you kind of gotta hit the floor on that one, um, and so All I think right. you know and, and he still did have some 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 somewhat lyrical moments. Western Road flows um you know one I like the I like the way they flip the Mary sample um and you know he had some hard lyrics on there the hype kind of a the the song hype I I see what he was trying to do there he didn't really I thought that one was going to have that kind of vibe that I looked for and it didn't it didn't do it for me um and then but mm-hmm. the 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 last song views um I thought he tried to kind of try to capture some of some hardness. But yeah, it's a lot of yeah. kind of bubblegummy kind of a vibe to it. But I thought it worked, and I thought I understood what he was kind of going for. You know, when you compare it to um, if you're reading this, it's too late, where it was mm-hmm. really kind of hard, and he tried to be real hard, and it was a lot of kind of you know a, a lot of rapping. I think he tried to balance that out with this. Um, so I didn't I didn't I didn't dislike it probably as much as you did. I actually kind of. I kind of got into some of it, and some of the joints that he does have that are a little bit more dancey, I kind of enjoy. Um, and I feel like he at least did—he at least did enough to kind of keep his lyricist card um, with the uh, with the times he did kind of flex a little bit. Um, the one I will. Point, I you know, will one only.
3: Was- I will only give you the Caribbean vibe. That those the couple of uh, joints where he had had samples or yeah, he, he had the guys on there. I was like, oh, okay, I, I like that. That that sounds like Toronto to me. I'll give you that, yeah. and that's probably yeah. it. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, to ease his own, but I, I, I think he flexed a little bit. I'll text you some lines later. <laughs> I, think he, okay. I think he had some moments where he flexed a little bit um, lyrically, um, especially on Western Road flows. I think he had a couple moments where the wordplay was on point. Um, and again, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. It's not. It's not. He ain't. He he didn't go El-Zai, um, but it was all right. Um
3: You listened to it for like, like a Kanye. week straight. Okay, yeah, let's talk I Kanye uh, like, we, let's like not talk a about Drake. Of days. You didn't like Kanye, okay? Couple yeah, days I didn't straight, like, I didn't, you listened to didn't it. Like, yeah,
2: with Drake, I had I had it. I, it's not it's not on like instant rotation, but I, I did give it a strong listen with Drake. Okay. Um okay. I gave it a strong listen, um, but Kanye. That's one of the reasons I had uh, for our break. I had Devil in a New Dress, man. It's just because, as he said on the song, I miss the old Kanye. <laughs> Like I just didn't feel it man And the thing I didn't feel I saw what he was trying to do And I felt like the songs were just They were good ideas that he didn't finish Like he didn't flesh them out Like like either it was a great beat And a great like song concept But then his lyrics just left me like What are you talking about dog (laughs) And I don't know I just felt like I just couldn't connect With this Kanye man I just couldn't connect with him On this particular joint like, there would be, like, a great moment or, like, a great, like, seven or eight bars. And then he would just say something I felt was just stupid.
0: And
2: he <laughs> I was like, god why'd you do that? But, yeah, I was like, why'd you do that? Like, when
3: you, so, you kind of had
2: me, and then you lost me.
3: So I, I had that same, I had that feeling, and that's what College Dropout felt like to me. I, I listened to College Dropout, I'd be like, man, it's, the production's great. This guy has like eight bars, another good eight bars, and then a terrible four bars, and then some foolishness, and then another good eight bars. And, but that was kind of, uh, I don't know, that's, what, that's the, the Kanye that I've met. <laughs> and so even though it's a flawed version, because he was never really a great rapper, he's just a guy that you could tell had certain lines and was kind of witty and, you know, could, could do it at, he could do it for half a song. But he wasn't a guy that just had lyrics just left over, overflowing out of his rhyme book. He kind of emptied the, you know, he emptied his cartridge on every album, and then still had to fill it in with other stuff. And so this album, I think, right. has that. But the just the mastery of like, Ultra Light Beam or even Famous, is just, I mean, that's just a great song. And it's got Swiss yelling on it. It's got Rihanna, you know, doing a thing, but. Just his, like, uh, picture, you know, I guess uh, snapshots of, of Kanye, you get flashes of, true, of what I think makes him great, which is him kind of just rapping in, as well as he can. <laughs> you know, it's not the greatest rap you've ever heard, but he's out there and he's flowing. And you get that for a minute and then it's, it's choppy. It's got a lot of songs end and you're like, oh, shouldn't some more of that song still be there? But I I like that. I was all with that. And then, you know, certain beats on this, I think, are just like 30 hours. That's old Kanye production. You know, yeah. famous. Yeah, I, that's I like 30 old hours, Kanye I like production. You
2: know? you know, I like famous. I like Osh, like yeah. being, but I, I feel like I feel like he could have taken it to a, a – I just feel like he could have taken it – like he could have took it deeper. Right? And mm. the thing I would say is, yes, I agree. I think it was kind of college dropout-ish but I felt like with my twisted dark fantasy that he had moved to a place where he was a passable, like he was passable lyrically. Like I was like, yo, Kanye kind of, you know, cause even when he would, cause he had gotten to a point where even he, when he would say corny stuff, his delivery was so right that it made it work. I just felt like, I don't know if he needs some new ghostwriters. <laughs> he need to, he need to have, he need to get pushy to help him out or what? But like, You know, or or Big Sean back in there with him. But it it just wasn't quite, it didn't have that same sharpness that his lyrics had had, um, where it was like, yeah, he's being vapid, but I get it. It -hmm. was more like, yo, this is just, like, you're just being vapid for the sake of being vapid, dog. Like, (laughs) I mean, I feel like Ultralight Beam, if if Kanye had made Ultralight Beam five years ago, it would have been ridiculous. Like I think it would have just been one of the mm-hmm. one of those moments where it's like, yo, you have to hear this. But mm-hmm. it, it just, like, like it started or and I like was that. like mm-hmm. and I was like, Okay, it's 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 coming and it's gonna be or like this is gonna go and it's gonna it's gonna become something and it just like did not. It just never kinda like it never turned over. Like mm-hmm. it's just like a car, it's like you're trying to start it and you're trying to start it and the engine cranking and it's cranking and you think you're about to you know, get, get it going and it just never turned over for me. Um, and I, I listened to it like four or five times, real hard. Just like, am I like, am I missing it? Like, I I gotta like, cause I'm a I'm a Kanye fan, and I've been a fan. And um, you know, Yeezy Yeezus was alright. I enjoyed it. It had moments. Um, and so I was hoping that this one he would kind of like get into it. He had kind of taken a step, but you know. The temple butterfly came out, and Kanye kind of took a step back and was like, "I'm gonna kind of rework what I'm doing." And so I was like, "Okay, maybe he's really gonna try to put something out there." Um, but he—I don't know. I just—it it just didn't meet. And maybe I have too high of expectations for him because I am a fan, um, and I have been a fan. Um, but it just didn't. And it was really the, the lyrics. Like the, again, like I thought the songs—the songwriting was on point. I thought there were moments where, you know, it was going in a direction where I was getting really excited and then it just kind of, it didn't evolve to where I think he's capable of taking stuff. You know, like, I just felt like he didn't re, in my opinion, he didn't re-establish himself as one of the vanguards of the art with this particular one. I just felt like he didn't. Like, I felt like, I thought this was going to be him being like, yeah, Kendrick, you doing your thing. Yeah, J. Cole, you're doing your thing, but I'm still, I'm still doing my thing. And I just didn't feel like mm. he, he did that. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I was underwhelmed by it. So, um, I just, yeah. Maybe I'll go back and try it again.
0: Because <laughs> I want to like it. I really do. I want to
3: like This is, it. this is the best, Mus- musically, because I can put this on, and it, it surprised me how much I like this. I, I put it on and I was like, I can listen to this whole thing straight through. He's got songs with just women singing. It's like a Chicago club beat. I just loved the musicality to the, the to the album. I thought it was great, and it gave me just enough rapping to, to make me happy. You know, it's almost like a trance. Chance was just singing, and I was like, oh, I thought there'd be more rapping. This was just enough rapping. And a whole lot of yeah. pe- singing, which and not Kanye singing, which was also important, like other people singing. <laughs> and like really right. good singing, talented artists doing it. So like Chance on Ultralight Beam is great. I love him on Ultralight Beam. Um, yes. And, you know, like he brings in people, and they, and I think they do a great job on his album. So I'm, I like the, the No More Parties in L.A. I thought that was a great yeah. song. And yeah. it's kind of... Rough, but it's it needs to be because it they're kind of right. saying like yo I'm no just more tired <laughs> yeah. like, I'm I'm done yeah, I'm, I'm right broke down yeah. like, can we yeah. just finish this and so I liked this from beginning to end I I myself was surprised how much I enjoyed listening to all the waves I also enjoy waves um, and I didn't think I would and he had propped, I mean I, it took me a while to listen to this because he had just talked about it being such an opus. And I was like, oh, this this thing is going to be terrible, right? The more you kept changing the name of it and pushing it right, back, right, and like, this is going to be awful. Right. So maybe I dropped I I know for sure, not maybe I dropped my expectations of this album way low, and so uh, it it impressed me. So that's part of it. But I will still say this: I like this better than my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which we've already disagreed mm. on before, so mm. we don't have to revisit it. But yeah, that album I was like, this is cool, but nah, <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm I'm all right. I I like I think I like uh, Life of Pablo better. Wow, okay, oh
2: yeah. and I yeah. and I I do agree with you. I feel like he does bring in people and he puts them into the right, and that's what I appreciate about my dark twisted my my twisted dark fantasy was that, you know, he brought Raekwon in and he put him in in a mode where Rayquan could be Raekwon but still kind of fit into the context of what Kanye was trying to do on on, on some of those songs. Where he, you know, John Legend or whoever he was working with, Rick Ross, bring them in and he put them in their mode. Um, and I think he does a great job of doing that. Again, I just felt like that was just like, and, and, and another, another thing that I do, and I know I do this and I own it, names matter to me. Um, whether it's your your rap name or your album name, like, that says a lot to me. That says about, that's, like, my litmus test for your ability, your the amount of creativity you put in your thing, right? So like, yeah. you know, if your name is, like, you know, Young Something, you better be really good at rapping. But <laughs> like, if your name is, like, your actual name, <laughs> like the one you yeah. were born with, Kendrick, yeah. you better be really good at rapping. Because I'm like, dog, you didn't even come up with nothing. Like, that's like step one. If you're going to be a rapper, like, you got to come up with something. Like, it's like being a superhero. you got to have a name, dog. you got to have a name. Yeah. And so when you was switching yeah. the name on the album, I got a little shaky. Like, dog, you don't even know what you're going to call it. And I know it's not cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not going to be That should have been
0: not, your hit.
3: That should have been, been the
2: your thing hint. Thing. Yeah, that should have been the thing you came up with first, man. You should have, like, I'm going to call it this, and this is why I'm going to call it this. Like, and I'm going to make it, you know – uh, like Lemonade Like I got that Like when I saw yeah. it I was like Why is she calling it And then I thought I watched it And I was like I get it. About halfway through I was like Okay I get why They calling it Lemonade she, like You know mm-hmm. She's in a bad situation Like Able Lemons She's gonna make a lemonade And before you know it Bam jay Z, grandmama Talking about Life gave me Lemons And I made Lemonade And, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of <laughs> like, played you out it. You know what I mean
1: Yeah, yeah Like the names yeah. Matter
2: to me man And your rap name And, and your name Of your albums That all kind of matters to me because it tells me kind of where you're at conceptually with just thinking about like how are you going to frame up your art
3: um but speaking of Lemonade um so you haven't listened to that at all except for the i watched that hour long man-hating video but I haven't listened to the right. album afterwards so I have no idea if you told me oh it was a scene where they I'm like oh yeah yeah that was a good song but I have no idea about yeah. the names of tracks that I haven't yeah. listened to it so what were your thoughts after watching the hour-long uh, Jay Z diss track? <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I was trying to think like Lemonade or Ether. I, you know, I don't know which one ends right. up going number one. Right. Um, the, I don't. I didn't think at all it was about Jay Z at all. I thought it was yeah. just genius marketing. These two are yes. literally geniuses at marketing. I, I'm amazed. Um, I love that she's. One of the biggest artists in the world And she has a secret squirrel project That just drops <laughs> On a Saturday night Randomly Like literally yes. I'm just sitting in my house I think my wife was out with her girls doing something And I hopped online to check for something And I was like what is all this Beyonce stuff Like from people who do not talk about Beyonce
1: they're like it's
3: on right now And I was like alright let me turn and I was like oh she's got some kind of video on HBO So I watched it recorded it for wifey like okay i think you're gonna want to see this and uh i thought it was great i thought it was you know it was great i love, i grew up on on videos so i appreciate someone that takes time to make the video match and it has a plot and it's got characters and it has serena in and all those things are thumbs up for me um i'm just excited that she's gotten real creative like really really creative Right, um, right. because if Beyonce is doing this then you know you can't come up and say like well I'm going to do a pop record it's going to be 12 tracks and it's going to be about boys it's like nah Beyonce you know she's changing the game you have to actually have some depth it has to be connected to social justice in some way you know um, so for her to say anything about it is kind of um, it's kind of this so I was I was excited for that I'm not a huge Beyonce fan but to see her kind of push because I know when she moves everything moves and so I want to see more stuff like this
2: yeah yeah I agree and it, this was kind of very shortly after Prince passed and, and so you know for me it was just kind of like oh man like who's carrying these torches you know what I mean like who's mm-hmm. who's who's kind of at that forefront of like black creativity and who's who's kind of pushing those boundaries and, and, and then, then this came out and you know, my wife, she wanted to watch it. She knew about it. She kind of hit me to it. So I was like, I'll check it out. I mean, it's music. It's, you know, and I was I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is, and it, I wasn't blown away necessarily by the project itself. I thought it was great. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very conceptual. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it visually. I enjoyed the music during the video. Same with you. The thing that blew me away was, yo, everybody else got, she just raised the bar. And I like it. Mm-hmm. I like when you mm-hmm. put the bar, you know what I mean? Like she put the cookies up on the shelf and was like, yo, you're going to have to reach a little higher to get to these. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I respect mm-hmm. her for doing that. And I wish more artists of her stature would kind of take that next step and be like, yeah, we can't just be putting out songs just for the sake of putting out songs no more. Let's think about what yeah. we're doing. And I, I appreciated that. Um, and again, I've never been into Beyonce's music, not one iota, like, not one bit. Just never <laughs> been into it. Um, so then, you know, obviously my wife she 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 downloads title, um, so that she can hear it. <laughs> oh man, you <laughs> she, see, she was she, genius she, she man. Was about it, yep, 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 genius. So she 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 gets on title, and so you know we listen to it.
3: We need to sign, real sports guys need to sign the title, man. We need to get on this gravy train, bro. Hey, We need need to make this happen.
0: We need need to get some
3: of this bread, man. We need to get some
2: of this bread. I got to talk to D. Wills (laughs) about hooking that up. Be (laughs) should to make that happen. But we listened to it. I, I listened to it, and I enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it. Like, it's just again, it's just one of those things where she connects with her roots musically like not just you know from a visual perspective and i think you know having the visual i think made the music impact me a little bit harder because i got where she was where she was coming from you know when you can when an artist kind of gives you an extra peak you know because my wife was like well why doesn't she just come out and explain kind of all the different similar like that's that's not that's not a good thing because then then you're framing it up for people too much. Like you kind of got to yeah. let it, you know, like they say, you got to just sit it right there for a second and let people kind of take it in. And whatever they come up with is what they come up with. Um, but seeing that that piece of it in unison, in concert with the actual album itself, I mean, it just brought kind of the, like you could see her vision. And I think that's mm-hmm. also what makes it, very, very much great marketing. Is that it's it's a good album. Like there's a, it's it's good music behind it. And when you have a good marketing and you get it in front of a lot of people and a lot of people like it, then that's just more money in your pockets. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I I enjoyed it, man. And again, she has some kind of second line down home New Orleans kind of sound to it. There's a re there's some reggae vibes. You know, she's got some pop club type joints in there. Um, she's got some samples, like Just Blaze did a track with her and Kendrick that, you know, is really, really bangs in a way that Beyonce's never had a song that kind of banged, um, mm-hmm. at least for me, before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, a, there's some ballads that are just really soulful, um, there's some country western type stuff in it, but it's not like, this is my country western song. This is Beyonce trying to do a country western song. This is like a Beyonce song that sounds kind of country and western, you know what I mean? It's not like gotcha. trying to like jump into somebody else's genre, she's still doing her, but it's like, yeah, I, I kind of did me in this context, um, which works and it works and I enjoyed it. So, um, and, and the lyrics, and it, to me, this is like her best, like in my opinion, lyrically, like her trying to do something and make something happen with the lyrics. This is the best, yeah. You done in my opinion with that, um, like I actually wanted to like listen to the stories that she was telling. Whereas again, exactly. I've never been really, I've never really been interested at all, <laughs> at all. So um, that 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 one exceeded my expectations by leaps and bounds, just because I didn't have very many expectations as far as a Beyonce project goes, because that's just not my thing. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm yeah. a fan now. I'm a fan now. I'm not like a crazy fan, but I will see how she follows this up. Like, I will follow and see how she's going to follow this up because I think this is one of those moments in an artist's career where, you know, she she kind of defined herself in a way mm-hmm. that I think, in, when her career kind of comes to a close, this is going to be one of those moments where we talk about it. Um, and I don't think she had a moment like that to this point. Everything else was just kind of forgettable. Um,
3: it, you know, she, she could go back. She's a pop star. She could go back to foolishness music too. That's yes. the part that's yes. like she could do that, yes. and it would be all right. So, to your, right. to your to your point, I'm curious to see where she goes next. Because if she goes back, Absolutely. then I'm like, okay, well then that was just a calculated yep. marketing scheme. Exactly, exactly. And so
2: that's what and, I I mean,
3: I'm. I'm interested to
2: see. Is this a new trajectory or is this like a turning point? I got my yeah. fingers crossed that this is a turning point because that's what we need. We need a little bit of that. Uh we need a little bit of that in the in the in the space, in in the yep. world. So
3: Well man, we've gone over time, man, but
2: <laughs> long <laughs> time we had, a, we had man. a lot
3: we had a lot been a while since our last pod, man. I'm glad we got on here.
2: Yeah, I'm glad too, man. It was it was good to chop it up with you and kinda even though we disagreed a little bit. You know, we still did it civilly. You know, we still did it civilly. It's not that like me and Justin won. get after it. Yeah, well. <laughs> when me and Justin get after it, man, we always need a third party, a third party, a, a neutral arbiter in the mix. <laughs> 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 to kind of keep Justin and I under control. Um, but, again, you're listening to Hustling Flows with Sekou and Marcus. We're wrapping up another edition, another great pie. Um I just want to say thanks to Sekou for joining me tonight. Um, I enjoy these, and you know we're going to keep developing this over time. So listeners, hang in there with us as we grow this and develop this. Um, I think it's going to become something that you guys really enjoy. Um, it's going to be a staple of the RSG platform. Um, any parting words, Sekou, before we uh, close this one down?
3: KD to Knicks, summer 2017. Bank it. <laughs>
2: You know what bro Keep I'm hope alive as we, as we exit I'm gonna leave you with this It's, it's just that it's a, There you go That's for you it's
3: Perfect Perfect
2: Yeah we'll, we'll leave that space on that This is uh,
0: Hustle and Flow Signing off to the next time Peace